Are you listening to CBJRadio.com yet? The 2021 International Singer-Songwriters Association Radio Station of the Year. It's a free internet radio station. Brand new shows every day. Shows range from hip-hop show to all independent artist shows to a Friday night request show. And don't forget about retro Saturday nights. Make CBJRadio.com the only internet radio station you listen to. All my friends, all my friends, all my friends with Justin Flaskerud. All my friends, all my friends, all my friends with Justin Flaskerud. Hello, friends. How are you doing? Sorry it's been so long since the last episode. It's been a busy, busy, busy time of year for me at my real job. And uh, sometimes people just don't want to do interviews, but I found a good one for today. But first, I've been thinking about free speech, you know, the First Amendment and how a lot of people don't know how it works. It protects you from the government when you say the government sucks. They can't lock you up for saying that. It does not protect you on social media sites that you signed up for and agreed to their terms to use their sites. If they see that you are violating their terms, they could give you a warning, they could suspend your account, or they could ban you altogether without violating your First Amendment rights. You signed up to be regulated on social media. I have to adhere to Podbeam's rules and regulations and the other platforms I play this show on. And if I don't, they could... Pull the plug on my podcast. I don't consider my podcast to be a free speech platform. It's an entertainment platform. All right, today's guest is Travis Detai. Now, if you grew up in Laramie, you've probably heard the name Detai from Deacon Detai to the driver's ed teacher Detai to the football stadiums that were named after John Detai. Now, Travis's grandfather and father were very successful high school football coaches in the state of Wyoming. And so when you say you played Laramie football, the first name that comes up is D-Tie. But I'm not going to give you any more spoilers on what's coming up in this episode. So let's get to it. I was actually born in Sheridan. Uh, lived there for about a year and then uh, we moved down to Laramie and uh, when I was one year old and that's where I grew up and so I was born in Sheridan and raised in Laramie. So did your I mean I may know some of this stuff but did your where'd your parents meet at they meet in Sheridan they meet Sheridan. in Laramie. Sheridan yeah, Sheridan yeah and and do you know the story behind that how did they meet well my my dad was uh, coaching at Sheridan High School and uh, my parents had a mutual friend. It was, uh, they were the, the Douglas family, George and Mickey Douglas. Uh-huh. And uh, George was a, a coaching buddy of my friend, of my dad and uh, set him up on a blind date. And uh, that was it, man. And they, and they ended up hitting it off and uh, you know, that that's how they met. And uh, she was a, she was a, a Sheridan gal actually went to, went to school at Bighorn. Okay. And, uh, and was just up there. She was working at a bank and they went out for margaritas and that was it, man. <laughs> oh, wow. Great story. Uh, blind dates work out, work out they very do. well. Yeah, they do. And yeah, so and then you, you know, probably they, don't, they, they, ended, yeah, but... you know, they ended up, uh, you know, getting together and they got married on uh, May 29th, 1969. And I was born on November 13th, 1969 uh about about four months premature yeah uh-huh. <laughs> if you get what it means so. yeah 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 margarita's paid off yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh and so you probably don't have many memories of sheridan because you're down here in laramie from year on um i know the answer to this siblings got any siblings i do i have one one younger brother uh cody and he's uh he's two years younger than i am and 
He's out in Illinois right now. He's at Illinois State University coaching football, carrying on the family business. And nice. uh, he's been out there for, oh, about 10 years now. Wow. And, uh, yeah, he's got three three kids. And, uh, you know, and they just hang in there. They slug it away. <laughs> um, so, I mean, you're the oldest. When When he was born, was he like, just follow you everywhere. Idolize Travis. Did you guys do everything together or my you oldest know, sister kind of separated from me a little bit, try, as much as he tried. <laughs> you know, we were, we were pretty close growing up and we, uh, you know, we were always, uh, uh, we were always good friends and we, uh, you know, we'd, we would follow my dad around doing whatever he did. And, uh, you know, my mom kind of kicked us out of the house, uh, uh, you know, to do her thing. And she was actually working when we were growing up and, uh -huh. you know, we'd go up and we'd, uh, we went to school at Slade elementary. And then when we were done, we'd go over to the high school and for football practice. And then, uh, you know, just dick around at the, at the football stadium. And, uh, you know, and when, when it wasn't football season, we'd be in the gym, you know, screwing around at Laramie high school. I mean, we grew <laughs> up with that place. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, farting around in the equipment, in the equipment cages, in the, in the old locker room. And oh, yeah. yeah, we were really close growing up. And then, uh, you know, we kind of grew a little, grew apart a little bit as brothers do when we got older. Uh, you know, uh, when, when, when I went off to college and into the Marine Corps and he was doing his thing and then, uh, you know, we circle back and we're, we're really close right now. You know, we talk to each other once or twice a week and we text all the time and, right. uh, you know, stay in touch. I would just went out and saw him actually. Okay. Nice. at the end of after Christmas and spent a week uh, out there staring at each other because there's nothing to do because Illinois <laughs> is still locked down from COVID. Um, so we, <laughs> but it, but it was fun. He's fun to have a beer with. Oh yeah. That, um, well, besides, you know, your dad's business uh, growing up, were you, were you any other activities besides sports and stuff? Were you a big reader academically were you inclined or anything like that? Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> wouldn't say academically inclined. I was, a, yeah. I was the worst student. And, uh, you know, it's kind of ironic because I ride my kids butts now because they're <laughs> kind of, they take after their dad and they're uh, lackluster students as well. But, uh, yeah, I always, I grew, I, I read, my mom was a great big reader and she really, uh, pushed that on us. So I, I read a lot and, uh, you know, growing up, uh, outside of sports, um, you know, we listened to a lot of music. We listened to a lot of metal growing up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I like to say I chirp at my kids, uh, you know, they're, they've got their phones and they're always, you know, got their face and their phones doing everything. And my dad and my mom were always, uh, they were always after us. Cause we were, we were listening to those damn records all the time. And we'd sit there, you know, I, my basement, my room was in the basement of our house there on Bradley street. And I'd go down there just for hours, you know, and just play the you know, LPs, not CDs, but oh, LPs. Yeah. You know, it'd, it'd be a it'd be a great day when you could go to Top Notch Records across from the dorms and buy a, you know, the new Iron Maiden album. And then I go down and I just and and just hours down there, you know. And my parents bought me a guitar when I was probably thirteen or fourteen years old, an electric guitar. Huh? Never learned to play it. <laughs> Never learned to play it. But man, I would sit down there in my bedroom with Iron Maiden or Judas Priest playing and fake playing it, you know, and just go along with it and yeah so that's kind of what <laughs> that was what i did yeah. growing up. i read i read a lot of books and i played a lot of fake air guitar <laughs> yeah i i, I mean I, I definitely there wasn't like we had tv but at four channels and yeah, so yeah. yeah and we didn't get like mtv or anything to way later in life right and so it was dive into music it was play record songs off the radio yeah my, my older sister, I have a sister six years older than me. And so I worshiped everything she did. And she won the top, I think it was 100, the LPs, the little ones uh, from the radio station. And it was all the top hits of that. I wish she still had them. I don't think she yeah. does. But I remember listening to those over and over again, albums. Um, I kind of flew right over eight track. It didn't really register in my world. I know they existed. And then it was tapes. Yeah. Uh, from there on out and like eventually we I don't know if you ever did this we would get a tape and then I would put two boom boxes together and record that tape with another boom oh. box we'd oh, put a yeah. box over the top you know, of it we were uh it was uh, uh my good friend Quentin Skinner 
Uh, when he got the uh, <laughs> the sound system where you had two tapes where you could oh, actually yeah. dub a tape, I mean that was man that was the shit right there because yeah. you could you know you could uh, I mean that you it was golden man and you could make your mixtapes and stuff and that was the start of that so yeah I still have some of my old my old weightlifting tapes and st- stuff that we'd we'd put together the you know the ultimate weightlifting mix and go and pop it in up in the when they uh, in the old wrestling room up where they oh, yeah. where they had the weight room and, and oh man yeah I still have some of those stuff all those things man yeah I I never made a mix for weightlifting I should have thought about that I was way into music I should have done it for the for the I'm, guys I've recreated it on my iTunes man yeah <laughs> yeah I mean there are there are definitely songs I hear today and I'm like yep that was a locker room song that was a weight room song oh yeah uh, yeah it was uh, and the weight room the one thing i only knock on that weight room was if you had like pee for life or anything lifting right before like lunch the smell of lunch would waft up into <laughs> and there was one time i was doing shoulder press and i thought i was gonna throw up and not from lifting too much <laughs> yeah it was this weird smell that came out of the kitchen i was just like no like you'll be on i was like standing next to a garbage can going oh i'm like it's not from working out too hard it's from whatever's coming out of that kitchen right now. Well, you got and, the, you had the, you had the kitchen smells mixed with, you know, when it was uh, before they got the uh, all the free weights up there, and they had like two or three uh, just machine weights, the uh, the uh, old Universal gyms. Oh yeah, and they'd split it with the wet wrestling room, and the wrestling oh. mat was laid out there. So you got all the weightlifting and the wrestling smells, and the and the and the lunchroom smells, and yeah, that was a that was quite a play. It was hot because it was right next to some boiler stack. And yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, I didn't wrestle in high school, but I was on ski team. And there was one practice. They're like, "All right, today we're going to do indoor training." I'm like, "Indoor? We go outdoors." And we're going to do aerobics with the wrestlers. <laughs> and so we went into the wrestling room, which was in the new part now, where it's at. I mean, where it was now. It's a different high school, and. Uh, we had all our stuff going outside, so I'm just stripping down layers. It's so they had the heats cranked up so hot in there, and all the wrestlers are making fun of us because we're skiers. And they're like, "You won't be able to hang." We did. We, we we hung, but I couldn't hang in wrestling at the time. But we hung doing aerobics, and uh, but I remember being so so hot. And I know that's on purpose, but holy yeah, cow, it was, it was miserable. So when I was, because uh, we still had it up in the old wrestling room, and. Uh, when I was a sophomore, the coach was Bill Bernardo, and he'd been there for years, and he, you know, won several state championships. It was his last year, but he was old school, and he, uh, you know, he'd come in in the old vinyl wrestling suits over his, and just sweat like a, because he was a big dude, and he'd sweat, and he'd, you know, he'd grab grab you out to do the demonstrations, and you'd just be drenched uh. and just sick, <laughs> uh, but I didn't know yeah, those it was were, the, the whole wrestling room. I didn't realize those were real sweat, like the sweatsuits that they wear. They make you sweat all the time. But Coach Robertson would tell us when we'd be dragging butt, and he'd be like, "We should put you in one of those old school sweatsuits. Get you down a couple pounds." And I'm like, yeah, "The vinyls, yeah, yeah, the vinyls. Wow, yeah. I'm glad I didn't have to strap any of that." <laughs> but yeah, it was. Thinking uh, of the high school, definitely. I mean, it's hard to believe it's gone. Like now they're building yeah. a new slate there. Yeah, I just uh, I was over in Laramie uh, last week actually uh, driving through, and I drove by and noticed it was going. They're putting something else up there now. I think it's going to be uh, Slade. I think. Oh, they're building a new Slade. Yeah, See, I'm, a, I'm a Slade alumni too. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know what they'll do with that other building. Yeah. The original Slade, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be in Elementary Elementary School, which yeah. will place of Slade. It'll probably be named Slade. It's just. They can't give up that space to anything else. And Slate is pretty old. So I figured that's probably oh, a good. Yeah, idea. It was it was fairly it was fairly old when I went there and <laughs> back in the 1970s. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh no doubt. So um you're you're growing up in Laramie, Wyoming, you're kind of following your dad around a lot. Um when did you realize? I mean, like he's a big name uh, in this town, in the state um that he was kind of a big deal like or, or at least your grandfather's this stadium's named after him 
Yeah, you know, realize uh, this growing up, or are you just like this, just part of the fam? You know, that's a that's a great question. I uh, my granddad was always the big deal. Okay, and then uh, you know, my dad was always just kind of my dad. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, it was kind of after uh, after I graduated you know, and got out a little bit and did a few things that I kind of realized that, you know, both my dad and my granddad, you do, you do a little homework into, you know, Wyoming high school football. Uh, you, that's when you realize, you know, they were both pretty big deals. Yeah. Uh, you know, my granddad, uh, you know, at one point, well, he, he was for a, for a very long time up until quite recently, you know, the winningest coach in, in, in Wyoming high school football, uh, the only one, the one that was ahead of him that ran ahead of him for the last few years was, uh, Todd Dayton out of Cokeville. Okay. And, uh, Todd Dayton had a great career in Cokeville, but I mean, that's, what is it? Two A. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't count. <laughs> no, it's not top dog. But, uh, you know, in, uh, in 1974, the old man, he was, he was actually the, the national high school football coach of the year. Uh, and they flew him out to, uh, to California and had a big ceremony for him. And, uh, you know, he was in sports illustrated and, uh, you know, really put together. He, I mean, he had a great career and you, yeah. you I still run into people around the state that played for him <laughs> wow. or that played against him. And, uh, you know, they, you know, they talk about, I mean, you were, you played the same offense. They yeah. talked about the same offense about how, you know, no one ever knew how who who had the ball for Laramie High, and they wore the the, the maroon jerseys so that they could hide the football and lower the lights <laughs> in Detai Stadium and all that crap. When they just you know you just couldn't beat them. Yeah. And then uh, you know my dad came along and you know didn't change a thing. Uh, and uh, you know you, and that's what I mean when you when you kind of sit back and you're a few years removed from it and you look back kind of what they did and they were, they coached together or they coached that team. Uh, my granddad was there for 33 years and my dad was there for 23 years. So for 56 years, that's quite a run of doing yeah. the exact same thing uh, in, in sports. And, and it was successful. And, you know, uh, uh, my dad retired in, I think his last year was 2001 and they went 0 and 9 in 2001. And uh, that was it. That was my dad's only winless season. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, Laramie high hasn't had a winning, hasn't had a winning season since, I mean, 20, yeah. what, 20 years. And so I think that says something number one to, to their, just their coaching style, but also their system. I mean, their system was meant for, uh, you know, guys that uh, it was a small town. We were we were competing against the, you know, the bigger towns, Casper and and Cheyenne. And for, you know, for for over 50 years, um, it was a system that uh, smaller kids and, and, and smaller town kids could play in and be successful in. Yeah. And uh, really basic. And, you know, we worked hard. You know, you know that as well. Oh, yeah. We worked harder than any oh, team yeah. in the state. Yeah. Because um, you're probably going to play both ways. Yeah. Like, and uh, you learn this offense since here, sixth, fifth, and sixth grade. Um, I came in in the eighth grade. And uh, like, and, and you, and by the time I was a senior, they would add little nuances depending on the, the personnel to it. Right. I remember how it changed. I mean, I knew I was us linemen, I knew where everybody was going on every single play. Yeah. Um, and, I was like, it was built for, yeah, the smaller guys. I was the biggest guy in my team my senior. I was 236. It's like a <laughs> linebacker. Like, and I was a guard. And, 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 but yet on the other side of the ball, we, I mean, down the line, we had guys who were 170, 180. I mean, it was, yeah. but it worked. And right. because we could move and uh, you faked everybody, which was great. And, uh, Sometimes they didn't catch the guy with the ball and he would score around the end and it was a lot of fun. And, oh yeah. And we worked hard. Like football camp is like, I drove past Guernsey more in the last year than I have in a long time. And I'm still like, who Guernsey. Oh my God. And folks, this is a, what was it? A reserve base. Is that correct? Uh, it's the, it's the national guard, uh, national guard, the national guard, uh, 
camp. Yeah. Well, and you come up, you go out there and it's hot and it's, uh, you're doing your two a days and you get tackled in that field and come up with cockleburs all over, oh, your, yeah. all over your socks and your, Oh yeah. Um, but you know, you brought up a good point, you know, the, you know, one of the couple of things that worked, uh, you know, you fake the ball, everyone carried out your fakes. I and mean, that's the old man would say, you got to carry out your fakes, carry out your fakes, make them think you have the ball. And, um, we were playing now when I was a senior, we we're playing Lander in the, uh, in one of the playoff games. It was the first time they put the playoff system in and we're playing Lander from the Southwest or the South Wyoming conference when they were divided oh. East West. Oh yeah. And, uh, Justin Dollar is our quarterback and Travis Bandimer, who's the best fullback Laramie high ever had, by the way, huh? uh, you know, they do it. They do a fake. It was, a, you know, the, the play was like belly 16 or something like that. And everyone tackles the fullback. Dollar goes around and he scores and they blew the play dead because they, everyone's there. Even the officials blew the play dead because they thought the fullback had the ball. And here's, here's Dollar in the end zone, waving the football around and the referees didn't know what to do because they'd blown the, and he scored a touchdown. So they brought it back. But I think that was, you know, that was the illustration of the perfect Laramie high football play to where you fake everyone out, including the officials. And uh, yeah, good times. Oh yeah. Oh, it was, I mean, uh, so much I've learned from live from playing, I call it D tie football. Cause, um, yeah, a lot of people will be like, Oh, you're from Laramie played for D tie. And I was like, Oh yeah. And like, they instantly are like, you're tough. And I'm like, Oh, thanks. You know, it's like, Oh yeah. And, uh, it it was, it was a good time. And like, I, I I think I mentioned this in one of the other podcasts with Doug, I was like, your dad was like probably the smallest guy I've ever been like just scared to death of. And number two was Coach Robertson. Was just like one and two. And I never got pulled by the face mask. I never got like in practice, but I learned those lessons from other people. Yeah. I would watch that happen and I was like, that's not gonna be me. So I'm gonna do this right. And uh so, but I was like, man, I'm so scared of him. And then I got I got out of the system and I interviewed him for college class. And we talked about it and, and it was more like he wasn't the intimidating coach I was around anymore. He was like a friend and we're talking football and yeah. like he wasn't as scary as, as it was. And then, I, you know, living in Laramie for a while and running into him all the time, I mean, it was great. And I did give him a hard time about the last season. And he was just like, kids are different these days. And oh, yeah. like, they don't want to go to camp. And I was like, yeah. I go, uh, I know a lot of people that quit because they didn't want to go to camp, but we just did just fine without them and kept going on. I mean, yeah. we got down to like 12 seniors that by the time I was, I was a senior. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, uh, I don't know how my dad would, <laughs> would fit into, into, into the way things are today. Um, you know, right. I think he saw that coming too. Uh, and he just, he got, uh, you know, uh, one of the things that he, you know, was kind of uh, was when parents started getting involved and they started doing the dinners after practice and things like that and the things before the games. And he had never done that. I mean, that just was not where he came from. And that was one of the things he kind of just chirped about. And, you know, when he retired, he didn't retire because he went oh and nine his last season. He saw it on the wall and he said, you know, this is, this thing is passing me by. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and he, 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 he retired from football, but he stayed with the, with the school district and kept coaching drivers or teaching drivers ed. Oh, shucks for another, <laughs> well, another f- practically 15 years. Yeah. Wow. And I mean, he was, you know, he wouldn't, he wasn't going to retire on his own. He basically got, they said, Johnny, you're, you're done here. You can't teach these kids to drive anymore. <laughs> so, and they, they, they gave him the alternative. They said, well, you, if you'd like, you can teach history and you can go back and take some classes. And that was kind of the, you know, he came home and laughed about that. He said, uh-huh. you know, they offered me, they said I could teach history. And he did teach history at one point yeah. back in the 1960s. <laughs> And he kind of got it then, and he said, "Nope, I'm I'm done." So, and then uh, <laughs> he didn't well, quite know what to do with himself when he retired. <laughs> I was amazed just by his work ethic and stuff. Like, learned how to play the the piano, um, 
yeah. becoming, becoming, uh, getting his law degree, becoming a lawyer. Yeah, I was like, and it was, it would start off with, I'm going to do that. And he yeah, would yeah. do that. And I was just, I remember him pounding away on the keyboards at summer at camp. Oh yeah. And then next thing you know, he's doing full recitals later on in life. And I was like, yep. He, uh, it was something he always wanted to do. And he, he took it seriously. And he, uh, he had, he did not have a musical bone in his body, but he, uh, you know, he learned how to read music and he would sit there and I mean, he would literally play and read the music. I mean, and it would sound just painful, <laughs> but he, but he did it and he learned how he learned how to do it. And that's, uh, you know, he learned, he had a pilot's license. <laughs> he learned how to fly a plane. So I learned something now <laughs> yeah. about him. And, and he did, he, he went to law school and he, uh, uh, of course he did his, his deacon stuff. He always wanted yeah. to be, he loved his church and he always wanted to be involved in, in it. And, you know, at, at one point he, you know, he, he wanted to be a priest in his life. And I, oh, dude, well, oh. <laughs> but, and, uh, uh, you know, and he, he was a, he was a voracious reader. He, you know, I said earlier, he said that my mom, my mom and my dad both, and he would be, he would read two or three books at a time and he read everything. Wow. You know, he would read, uh, he'd read Stephen King and Tom Clancy. And then, uh, you know, he'd, he'd pick up a great big, you know, the confessions of St. Augustine and, you know, he would read it all. Now, whether he underst understood it or not, I don't know, but, uh, yeah, but he, he was always, you know, and he was always, uh, really proud that he, uh, they used to give the um, the faculty reading award to the faculty member at LHS that one uh, read the most books, and he was like the fifteen year defending champion. No one ah. could beat him. Yeah. Wow. Something you wouldn't expect. Nobody would expect. I didn't take driver's ed from him because I was like, I spent a lot of quality time as it is with him, <laughs> so I took it in the summer one year, and I was like, man, I'm good. Cause it was like practice and I'd see him all the time. And then I did yeah. like workouts uh, during the off season stuff. And I was like, yeah, I'm good with not sitting in class with my coach <laughs> right now. And so, uh, so like, were you, when you were going through high school and stuff and didn't mean the coach, did, were you, you one of those kids who was like the perfect coach's son or did you get your own fair share of screwing off and getting the lecture oh. by a dad and such? Oh, you know, <laughs> We, uh, <laughs> I didn't get away with much. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I didn't get away with much. And, you know, on, on the, on the team, it was, uh, uh, not only myself, but my cousin, Lance Rainwater, who, uh, his grandmother was my dad's sister. Okay. And, uh, and we got the bright, you know, you, you didn't get your face mask shook. Uh, Lance and I did. And, <laughs> I remember one time, you know, at, at football camp, uh, I wasn't even doing anything. I didn't even think I did anything wrong or like that. He he unloaded on me, shook my face mask, and you know, popped me on my butt and uh, degraded, degraded me. And and then he ends with, "Now go tell your mother about that." <laughs> of course, well, come on, <laughs> you know, Ouch. come on. But you know, in school though, he out, you know, we kind of we farted around, and he knew he he knew, uh, you know he got, he, he got it. And, and my crew, my group of friends, um, you know, we never got in any real trouble. Um, but he was always kind of watching out for us and, you know, and, and, uh, you know, he was all over our shoulder. I think a good example. So <laughs> I, I must've been my sophomore year, my sophomore junior year was a sophomore year. And, um, uh, we had a couple, uh, we had a kid in our class named Danny Weidman, and Danny's father was uh, John Edgar Weidman, the the uh, professor at the university, and you know African American studies guy. And it was Martin Luther King Day, and Wyoming hadn't recognized Martin Luther King Day or Equality Day. Yeah. And Danny Weidman led a a walkout, a school walkout, and it started with a sit-in in the lobby there. And so all these kids are gathering around, you know, starting to sit in. And I remember it was, uh, I can't, it was either Bandamere or someone, but we got in there and we sat down. And the second my butt hit the ground, I feel this hand on the back of my neck, yanking me up and pushing me saying, get your butt to class. It was that sort of thing. I couldn't get away with anything like that. So I, I thought I, you know, I thought I'd be, you know, socially conscious and sit in for a 
do a walkout. No, nope, I sat in class that day because my old man raised me by the scruff of my neck. And said, no, <laughs> I'm not doing this. Get, 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 get to class. So yeah. He was all yeah, he was always there. And you know, we got into some trouble and stuff, but he was always kind of you know, he was always looking over your shoulder, I guess. Gotcha. And what positions you play when you were playing football? I played center. Okay. At 150 have, pounds. <laughs> did you have to did you play defense too? Or were you just playing center? I there? played defensive end, but I didn't really play uh in varsity, not much, no. Uh, you yeah. know, JV and sophomore, we went both ways, but I was pretty much a, I was the one guy that uh, Dowler and I were pretty much the, the, the two, uh, the two that didn't go both ways. Yeah. I, um, my senior year, I was better at defense. And, uh, so I thought it was just gonna be that. And they had filled up all the offensive line spots except left guard. And I remember it was just like, Hey, re- flash crew, you learn that spot just in case. And I was like, <laughs> okay. I was all state <laughs> at that yeah. spot. I was like, that's not the way I envisioned my senior year to go. Yeah. But when you have got good running backs it's and make good blocks, they, they put yeah. you on that all. But it, yeah, it was interesting because I was like, I did not expect to start both ways, play both ways. And then now, now what, the what years, what years were you, what year were you there? 92 was my senior year. So it was 90, 92, 91, 92. So I played with Cody. He was our quarterback for, all right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and Todd. Was, yep. Todd was my graduating class. Yeah, Todd was a running back. Okay. Brian Lopez, Mark Ruggles, and Brian got hurt. He was our fullback, got hurt right. our senior year. We got down to like Dusty Rodriguez, but he wasn't quite the stud he was. So, Mark and Todd made up for it. I think they were like yeah. one and two in the state rushing. And Todd was all around the end, and Mark was all those. Yeah. X43s all up the middle. Like he would get his oh, he's, he's a tough plate. kid too. Oh, separated shoulder. And he, yep. and I remember like anytime I'd be field dinged up in the huddle, he'd just walk up with half a shoulder right from running the ball like five yards <laughs> and be like, You feel hurt? And I'm like, No, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, and so, yeah, he is very tough. And so I like to have him on my team. Like he was a good guy to have on the team. But yeah, it was, uh, I think. Our senior year only lost two games. So it was, yeah. And one, like we were playing Sheridan, we were banged up, and uh, coach pulled us seniors. It was like 21 nothing. He's like, this game means nothing. It's one versus two, and no playoff stuff's on the line. So I'm going to rest you guys. So that was the least tired I was ever after a game. Like that was like <laughs> yeah. 21 nothing. It was like third quarter, and we're on the bench. And I was just like, yeah. wow. But I understand the logic as a player. I kind of didn't as much, but I got it later just to save us for the rest of the season. Right. We were pretty dinged up at the time, but yeah, I was one traded for the world. And every time I went and got recruited, every coach was like, I thought you were taller. <laughs> and I was like that. I'm not grown anymore. That's just not happening. <laughs> that's, that's it. And they'd bring out the guys I'd play with and they were all huge six footers. And I was like, yeah, I don't know if this is going to happen. Well, you know, it's <laughs> funny you say it. So, we're getting ready to play for the state championship playing rock springs for the state championship. And in the paper, they uh, had a picture of, of my dad and the captains. And I was a captain. It was Travis Bandemer and Shannon Brown and Bandemer and Brown, probably, you know, five eleven, six foot. Yeah. And then I'm kneeling. Cause I'm only five foot six. I'm kneeling. And then my dad's standing in the middle my dad's maybe five foot eight. And so it looks like my dad said with these giants standing by him. If you didn't know, my dad was only five, eight, you'd see these and uh, playing in the shrine bowl later that year, we're playing with some kids from rock Springs on our team. They beat us by the way, by one uh-huh. point. Uh, but they said they saw that picture. It was like in the Casper paper or something. And they had it cut out in their locker room, you know, it was motivation because they said, Oh, these, the, the plainsmen are so big. Look at how huge these guys are. <laughs> and then they got down there and and it got to Laramie and said, God, and they didn't realize that Detai was only, you know, five foot eight and, you know, his, his son's five foot six and these other two giants are only five eleven. <laughs> so you're bigger than we, you know, bigger than we were. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's great. That, I, I probably saw that picture somewhere. Seems familiar. But yeah, cool. Well, you guys were like, went to the state championship before us. So that was the last team right before us that had gone. So you were held in high regards yeah. until before 
we had gotten there. When we didn't make it, we got beat in a negative 30 game against Gillette where they tackled everybody on the fake. They yeah, should have yeah. been holding, but what do you do? <laughs> and so, yeah, not bitter about that game 30 years later. Not at all. I'm still bitter. I'm still yeah. bitter. I hate going to Rock Springs to this day. <laughs> and yeah. I have to go because of my jobs. <laughs> Often I see all that, the, the Rock Springs Tiger stuff all around. It drives me. Oh, golly. Feel that way with Gillette. I definitely <laughs> that way with Gillette and I'm tired of Sheridan. Uh, my buddy was their play-by-play guy for a while. And all I would just hear is, Oh, another state title. And I'm like, well, they got something in the water up there, man. Yeah. I'll tell you what, Their basketball team's number one right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's something like, yeah. I remember his son when his son was a freshman and he came up with other guys and the son wasn't playing football, but the other guys were, and they all dwarfed. They were just bigger, taller. I was just like, yeah, that we don't stand a chance in Laramie. Us playing soccer down here, like winning state titles, but we're not <laughs> playing football. All the good athletes are playing some other sport. So I was just like, yeah, they get something's in the water in Sheridan. I mean, they're yeah. dominant. It's very interesting. And so you talked about the Marine Corps. So were you once you were finishing up high school and stuff? Did you want to go to college or was Marine Corps like your thing? Like that's what you wanted to do? No, you know I uh, <laughs> I when I got out of high school i farted around for a year i didn't do anything okay. in fact i worked at a gas station out on south third the pit stop is what it was okay and at the time it was the pit stop and corky's auto service and uh-huh. uh it was uh myself and and jeff craven uh, and we worked out there for a for a summer and it was you know i was the day guy i'd sit up that did nothing i basically took the money <laughs> and uh you know, read a lot of books and decided what I was going to do. And then uh, literally did, just did that for a year. And uh, then went to, went to college for, I uh, went to UW for a couple of semesters and, uh, you know, dropped out, did a lot of, did a lot of traveling. Uh, you know, I, I, I traveled to Europe and I went down to Australia with my dad for the down under bowl. And then uh, ended up staying down there for uh, for about a month, you know, dinking around. And I, I was filming yeah. the football games, filming the other teams that were down there. And, uh, you know, at some point went back to school, started attending bar at Bud's Bar for, and I did that for about five years. And I was, uh, I was not, I was 25 years old when I decided to go into the Marine Corps. Wow. And uh, at that point in time, you know, it was just something that I always, felt I had to do. And it was just, you know, I'm a procrastinator, put it off. And, uh, my wife, uh, my wife, now we were dating at the time. Okay. And I, I actually said, you know, I went over to the recruiting office in Cheyenne and I joined the Marines. And of course she broke down and <laughs> made me feel like shit. And I said, yeah, maybe I probably should have talked to somebody about yeah. this. I didn't talk to anybody. Wow. And so I went back and I said, you know, maybe I should just do this. And I, and I, I went in, in the reserve capacity and so I was in the, you know, you're, you're kind of like the National Guard where you do okay. your, uh, you know, your two weeks in the summer and then drill every month. And then uh, when we moved out to Washington, D.C., and after we were married, I got deployed in uh, for uh, Operation Iraqi Freedom in 2003 and oh, went wow. over there for and went over there for about uh, eight months, I think. And then when I got back, that was, that was it. And I said, you know, I'd, I'd been doing it for eight years and, and it was kind of got to do a lot of cool things. And, uh, you know, in the reserve, in the reserve component, I still did my day job and, and, uh, you know, it was, it was a great experience. I met some great people, got a lot of great friends that I still stay in touch with. And, you know, it's been almost 20 years since we were over there and, uh, you know, it, it was a good experience. And, you know, you mentioned, uh, uh, Laramie high football camp, yeah. uh, you know, and I, I say this, you know, and I, I tell, uh, uh, Laramie high football camp, granted it was only a week, but man, it was, it was tougher than Marine Corps boot camp. Oh, in a lot wow. Of respects. Uh, yeah. and, you know, and Marine Corps boot camp, no joke. Um, but all that stuff, you know, and the stuff that, that my dad taught me and that we, you know, we learned playing football, that would really helped get you through some tough times and in, in boot camp and, and in the Marine Corps in general. So, yeah, it was, it was an experience. The early morning wake up. Uh, yeah. Did you guys use the, the, how everybody used 
the um, uh, bunk bed poles and you ran them along the side of the the barracks at football. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, on the quants of that, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that the most, like, if I heard that today, it would probably give me a cold. Oh, yeah. I'd but, forgotten about that. I had forgotten yeah. about that completely. Oh, yeah. And then you get to be a senior and we're waking everyone up. And yeah. so, yeah, I'd fun doing that one. I like that side yeah. of it. I didn't mind being on the outside of that yeah. and everything. But yeah, getting up and running and doing the hills and yeah, yeah getting tackled on the, the field with, with all those, <laughs> the grass. I use air quotes on that one because <laughs> well, it's, yeah, uh, you know, and I, and I think, you know, when you're uh, just having to get up early, and I think especially for a, for a teenage kid, having okay. to do that and get up and run. And I mean, those morning runs were tough. Yeah. Um, you know, with the, 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 you know, you, you do your, you do your run and it was up that hill and around the hill. And then you doing the sprints up and down the hill with the ankle weights on ankle. Weights. That was tough. And, um, you know, and that's when I sit there and say, you know, I, I went through Marine Corps boot camp and there was a lot of, you know, a lot of tough stuff. It's physically, yeah. demand, physically and mentally demanding. Uh, but I always came back to those, you know, five days of those morning runs when you're <laughs> 15 16 17 years old man that'll that'll do something for you <laughs> hey ankle do something for you. i would i would always laugh at you could tell laramie high football players when we we're out of our uniforms because we all had an appropriate haircut short hair yeah. um our calves were gigantic from those ankle <laughs> weights and we generally had that uh football pants um sunburn across yeah, the lower right cap. Here, yeah, your yeah, calves are sunburned. Yeah, and, and it'd just be different versions of that based on height. Like, everybody kind of looked right. the same. It made me laugh all the time. I'd be like, let me football players, let me football players. We all look the same. And so, but I mean, it it worked, and yeah. I knock it. And I always cut my hair enough to where I would be look okay by, like, pitcher time. And so <laughs> I was never the one to go full on shaved out. Like, that wasn't happening at all. I think I did that once during COVID. I shaved it down because my hair was growing out and nothing was open. So I was like, got my girlfriend to be like, shave it down. And so I had a few of those and I was like, I need to have somebody to actually do some stuff with it. Not <laughs> have the old football haircut. And so I had, the, I grew yeah. up with that haircut. <laughs> yeah. I grew up with old, with Sam Miller cutting my hair when, since I was five years old. <laughs> with the old buds cut yeah yeah and like i i laugh at the nfl these days because there's a whole lot of hair and, yeah. and doug mater and i i think we joke about when players lose their helmets in football these days i was like my head would have been coming with it there's no way like it would have <laughs> it my, that hair i mean it would my head would have come with it because our helmets were tight and perfect because we had short hair yeah and and there was no looseness to it. And I mean, it, it was safe and all that, but I mean, yeah, I was like, I can't, I see all these people losing their helmets these days. And I'm like, no, Laramie high head would have rolled without one. <laughs> it didn't happen. Cause your, your head would be sweat and that sweat would act like glue on those <laughs> on yeah. the rubber on the rubber and vinyl from the old bike helmets. <laughs> yeah. I always had the marks across my forehead yeah. when we were done. We'd always compare, which is terrible today. Um, our helmets, like if we had multicolors by the end of the game, I was like, you know, you're playing a red team. Like I got all these red streaks. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, after a while, I'm like thinking about it. I'm like, oh, I let with my helmet too much. Should have had my eyes up a little more. And, uh, <laughs> but I don't think I suffered maybe one concussion. That was at camp. And next thing it was like on a kickoff and I, I got just, we didn't know I, what I was doing and, just got lit up. I think it was Jason Watson and it hurt my shoulder at the same time. So I just remember turning my head, getting ear hold, getting up and then getting up and pulling my helmet back on, but my shoulder was all jacked up and it, my arm was swollen. It was weird, but that was the only time, like I think I ever suffered a probably a real logist, logistic concussion. <laughs> Well, Even though, yeah, when I was a, when I was a sophomore, I had to block Glade Schaefer uh, in practice every week, and uh, Glade was a two-year 
first team all state linebacker. And he was about six foot two, 240 pounds, just a, uh, a mountain of muscle of that old of cowboy muscle. The one, you know, you know, didn't never touch the weight in his life, but was just big old cowboy muscle. Yeah. And, and he was, Ooh, he hit. Ooh. We had, I remember we had Cone Max football stories uh, coming in. Pat Hurley was a senior fullback and he was went on to play tight end for the university and just a mountain of a man. And I remember Wednesday night practice scrimmage. Yeah. The hole opens up. I'm in the hole. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to make a tackle. Oh, my God. It's him. And I stuck it in. But next thing, I'm just dragging behind him. He, just <laughs> he was a horse. Plowed over me. And just like, well, all right. Got to get bigger. Got to get stronger. It's <laughs> like so I can make those tackles later on. And so, yeah, it was. But you learn your lessons during yeah. those scrimmage games, during that Wednesday night practices and such. And, and so, but, yeah. I remember that one for sure. And I stuck with it. There's lots of people like I get to the day and I'm sure you do too, that are always like, Oh, I wish I would have played. I wish I would have stuck it out. Yeah. I, they played on ninth grade. And I was like, it wasn't for you, man. That's all. It's yeah. okay that you didn't, you know, yeah. and such. So we wind you back a little bit prior to the military. You said you met your now wife. How'd you guys meet? <laughs> oh, uh, my wife and I met when my dad uh, decided to run for the legislature in 2000 or in uh, 1996. Oh, I don't remember that. So he threw his hat in to run for the legislature. And uh, um, my wife worked on his campaign. And uh, my dad had a friend uh, uh, by the name of Byra Kite, who's still in Laramie. And uh, Byra, uh, his career, he was uh, the campaign manager for Senator Wallop in his three races for, for, for the Senate and uh, served as Senator Wallop's state director. And my wife uh, at the time, uh, my wife Kim, she had uh, worked on Senator Wallop's uh, re-elect, third re-election campaign. So when it came time for my dad to run, so Byra kind of put together a little team of politicos, I guess you'd call uh-huh. them, to try to, you know, put together a, a a race for the United for the uh, for the Wyoming legislature, and that's where I met her. I remember I walked into my house uh, uh, on Bradley Street, and they were doing a little powwow, a campaign powwow, and that's where I first saw my wife, and we kind of hit it off. And uh, you know, the the campaign was very ill fated, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> and, Maybe that's why I don't uh, remember it. No, but but uh, uh, yeah, and we just kind of hit it off, and. Uh, you know, 1996, and we've been together ever since. And we uh, kind of palled around together and then got married in 2000. And uh, yeah, that's in, <laughs> she's put up with me for a long time, it seems. <laughs> it's a 26 years. Wow. Good 25 years. <laughs> um, and then, so you got married in 2000, and then kids? Uh, yeah, we had, uh, so I've got, uh, my oldest is, 16 wow. and he is uh, at Cheyenne central um, plays football for Cheyenne central and it's Weird. painful to see him in, yes. a, in a central football uniform, but uh, you know, he does, he does all right. And uh, uh, then my youngest is 13 uh, and he's at McCormick high school and he played or McCormick junior high. He plays basketball and, you know, for all that, you know, for everything, they're pretty good kids. <laughs> they drive yeah. bananas, but uh, my, my, so my oldest, we were, we were living, actually living in Washington, DC at the time. And my oldest was born in, in DC and I guess it'd be 2000, 2005. And we had, had, we had a little house out there and we, we lived on Capitol Hill and we actually lived across the street from a Washington, DC public school. And it uh, looked like a haunted house. It was just <laughs> decrepit. And and uh, we made the decision, uh, you know, we just, we couldn't raise our kids out there. So that's when we came back to Wyoming. Uh, in fact, I paid, I paid more for three months of daycare for my kid out in Washington, D.C. than my dad did to send me to the University of Wyoming. <laughs> just cripplingly expensive. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, so we, we were out there for, we were out there for about seven years and then, you know, with the, 
when John was born, uh, came back to Wyoming and, you know, came back to Cheyenne and we've been here ever since. And it's not a bad place. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, I miss Larry. I mean, I get over there as much as I can, but you know, Cheyenne is Cheyenne's pretty much home now and we'll probably yeah. stay here for the rest of our lives. What, what took you guys to DC? So I was working, I went to work for uh, Senator Craig Thomas okay. in 1999 out there. And I uh, uh, started off working on the administrative side of his office, handling all of, handling all of his constituent mail, and then eventually became a, a, a legislative assistant. And I worked on uh, you know, national defense issues, foreign, foreign affairs, and, and other stuff out there. So that's what I was doing out here for, for, for him. And then my wife, my wife was working for uh, a member of Congress from Iowa as his press secretary, as her, his press secretary. Oh, and uh, uh, her boss actually in, in, 19, in 2006 uh, left his congressional seat to run for governor of Iowa. And uh, we'd actually debated on going to Iowa, uh, uh, but it was, a, it was a big blue wave election and he lost. And so we said, well, let's just pack it up and go home. And she got her job with, uh, she works for the State Department of Health now. Okay. And, uh, and I, I stayed on with Senator Thomas when, when we came back and worked out of his Cheyenne office. And then when Senator Thomas passed away, I stayed on with John Barrasso for a, a couple of years and, uh, and then transitioned, uh, ran a campaign for governor. And uh, it was uh, when State Auditor Rita Meyer uh, ran for governor. I ran her campaign, uh, came in very, very close second to, to governor Meade and there are no points for second place. <laughs> and so I was on the bread line for a few months and then, uh, the Wyoming mining association picked me up in 2011 and I've been there ever since. Nice. nice. My wife's still at the state. <laughs> state employees. Uh, I work for the university. I don't, yeah. I know it was like a gig. I knew I wasn't going to make the big bucks, but I was going to be secure. <laughs> there you and go. So. It's it's not a bad gig, and you know we uh, 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 it's got good retirement, good insurance, and uh, you know she's she's the state public uh, the public information officer for the Department of Health, so she's had to oh wow be the be the face of all the COVID crap for the last two years, and wow, uh, you know she earns her paycheck. There's no doubt about it. She works hard. Yeah, that would be tough, <laughs> tough, tough job, and to keep your sanity, and then you put COVID on top of it. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, I can't. So did, um, did you have to do much? Did your kids stay home? Do some homeschooling? Um, you know, did- yeah, they. You know, we when the school. I guess this would have been 2019. They, when they closed the schools in. Uh, it was in the spring of 2019, and I, I was actually up oh, in Casper when they did. So this is this is kind of I had some meetings up in Casper, and I couldn't get a hotel room because they uh, state basketball tournament is going on at the at the time. So I had a hotel in Douglas, and I was going to drive to Casper to do my meetings, and then drive back to Douglas. To, and I heard that the state basketball tournament got canceled, and uh, you know they were walking on the on the on the court canceling the, those games. Yeah. And, and so I just happened to call the Holiday Inn in Casper, and I said, hey, you got any room? And the gal was saying, oh, my God, do we have rooms? Because in a furious parents going in and canceling their rooms. And, and I said, you know, I might just take one of those rooms. So I went up to Casper, and, you know, thanks to those parents that canceled for <laughs> – because they called the but, – but to your original question. So, yeah, the, the schools were closed, and they did some homeschooling for, I guess, two or three months. And then uh, I stayed home with them. And I just said, I can't do this. This is ridiculous. And, uh, uh, you know, they were, they were spending, you know, half an hour, you know, doing what they had to do. And then they're just farting around for the rest of the time, making me crazy. So I went back to work. My wife never came home. She never, she was working weekends for, uh, you know, literally seven days a week for probably five or six months. And I said, I got to get back to work and leave these kids at home. But, uh, no, it was, uh, it was the, the, the first, uh, you know, that spring of, of, of at home learning was a disaster for us here <laughs> in Cheyenne. 
Yeah. Uh, but then, you know, to their credit here in Cheyenne and around the state anyways, you know, everyone went back to school, uh, you know, as normally as you could. They had to wear the mask. They don't have to wear the masks in Cheyenne anymore. But, uh, you know, they've been going to school where, you know, uh, yeah. my brother's kids couldn't. Yeah, my brother had to, you know, uh, they kept him home for almost a year Oof. and then, uh, you know, got him into a private Christian school so that they could get him out of the house to go to school. But. Yeah, that was a, that's going to impact our kids for a long time. I came home for like two months. I have diabetes. So I was trying, I, when it was the beginning of it, like where, you know, he thought the air was just poisonous. Anything it touched, it was, yeah. you know, yeah. it was a little upset. And so I was at home and um, we went to a wedding that summer and like the first experience in like a convenience store, I was so awkward. I was so socially yeah. awkward because I wasn't around anybody. And like spill my drink and oh, it was a mess. And I was like, I can't imagine that people have to do this much longer than I did and how socially awkward they become. And, and this yeah. becomes the way. And, and uh, we got a huge um, CARES funding to put more technology in so we could teach with Zoom and stuff. And that's why I work in IT. So I was like, well, there's nobody on campus. Yeah. So I'm going there and installed equipment and stuff. So I've been, I was only out for a few months, but by then this, the science had changed a little bit and it wasn't quite the cleaning theatrics that were, you know, everything needed to be cleaned 24 seven. Cause if you cough on it, you can get COVID touching it. And right. Not necessarily the case. And so, uh, but yeah, I always talk with friends on, on this podcast and stuff when, you know, they were going through it and uh, they're like, lots of success, not a lot of success. It was, it, it like you said, the half hour they'd pay attention to. And then, they just go do something else. Well, and I, I think, you know, we, we don't, I think, realize how fortunate we've had it in Wyoming yeah. um, because we went through that little phase there in early 2019. But for the most part, um, you know, we, we, we shut down some restaurants for a while, but, you know, a couple of months. And we've been relatively normal for the last year and a half. Yeah. There are still places in the country that are still <laughs> where we were two years ago. And, uh, you know, I, I, I usually make a, a yearly trip back to Washington, D.C. To, to do some work. And uh, I was talking just today with one of my contemporaries out there. And he said, just don't waste your time. You can't. The, the federal offices, they're not back to work yet. Uh, all the personnel, they're still working from home. You can't go to a restaurant unless you're wearing your mask, bring your ID and have your vaccination oh, yeah. card. Wow. And, uh, you know, he said, just don't even bother about it. And I said, well, I suppose I'll take your word for it. But, you know, we've been normal here for. No, man, almost kind yeah. of they pull restrictions 2020 yeah, into 2020, uh, 20 summer. Yeah, yeah, we haven't had restrictions. It was our 2021. I, it's all blurry now. Uh, yeah. But I always make a joke about like, they're like, you need to social distance six feet apart. And I'm like, in Wyoming, that's a bit close. Yeah. Six feet is too close. Like you're so <laughs> spread out. That's why I think it works out. Yeah. Well, our communities are in different pockets and and we're spread out and we're not on top of each other. We're not millions of people stacked on top of each other. Right. So right. we can get back to some sort of normality. And and on campus, we they wear masks inside. That's about it. And uh yeah. otherwise. I used to laugh at the people who wear, sorry, if you wear a mask walking across Pexy's pasture, I just don't get it. Um, and like when, before they pulled that rule, I remember I, there was no one on campus and I would go fix the classroom and I'd have to wear my mask across campus into the classroom. And I was like, there's nobody around me, but the moment I take this off, somebody's going to say something. Someone's going to see you. Yeah. And so like nowadays, when I work in, a, if I work in a classroom and I'm by myself, I'll shut the door and I'll take off my mask. In my office, I don't wear a mask or anything like that. But um, it's relaxed. But we're still, um, when you're in a full classroom setting, students most oh, everybody has it on. So it's interesting it, to work around microphones, like to get the muffled sound and and, and well, everything. Oh, I thought you, you were going to say I, something. I one of the things that has come out of this that, 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 yeah, one of the things that's come out of this that's not going away, um, you know, is the, is the Zoom meeting. And yeah. uh, I just couldn't. Can you hear me still, Justin? Yeah, yeah I can hear you. Sorry, I, uh, I leaned uh, back. 
<laughs> you know, we, we used to meet, you know, we, you know, we have, we have our, you know, just in my line of work, we do meetings, you know, where you travel to Casper, you get guys coming around from the state mine managers and stuff that you sit down and you meet, you go over some stuff, you get some work done. And now it's become too easy to say, well, you know, the road, why don't we just do it by zoom? And, you know, you, you miss out on a lot of stuff, I think, because, you know, you can do a productive meeting by zoom, but when you're gathering people together, you know, you go out and you get dinner, you get a couple beers and you yeah. get some other work done that you, and it's, I don't think we're going to go back to those days. The zoom meeting is always going to be there and it's always going to be a, a too convenient option for folks to, Hey, let's just do it by zoom. And, and I don't know, I, I, I see, I see some of the benefit for that, but uh, uh, you know, you're, 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 it's just the way things are going to be. From oh, yeah. on. I we've been working in video conferencing. That was my job before I went into it and fixing classrooms. I was working outreach school is my, it was my thing. It's my part of my title. So I was way, I was on zoom before this all went down yeah. and yeah, I, it was interesting because then be like not zoom and like FaceTime and stuff like that became like a commercial thing and people would just chat to each other. And like my parents and family, like, let's do that. And I'd be like, I do that all day long. I don't want to do that. I'd rather <laughs> see you in person. And so like, I held out a long time, like doing zoom stuff with family. And when COVID kind of came along, I was like, well, all right, this is probably the appropriate thing to do. And then yeah. The first podcast I ever did, the first interview I ever did was face to face. And like within the week, everything got shut down. And I was like, well, I got Zoom. So I'm going to talk to my friends yeah. once a week this way. And it was refreshing for my soul to, and to catch up with people I hadn't talked to in a long time. And, and this oh, yeah. way, but I'd prefer my attention was to drive around the United States and see my friends and throw a mic in front of them and do the same thing. But it morphed into this, and I'm still holding true to that. I'll, I'll do that someday and drive around and see my friends and talk on the podcast again. Uh, well, this is this yeah. is a pretty good a pretty good way of doing things, and I I appreciate you having me on because this is a it's a fun thing. I'm glad and I'm glad people do this. Yeah. So. <laughs> I got one more question for you. Yeah. Because I always ask this of everybody on the show is. Since it's called all my friends, how'd we meet? You know, I I was going back and trying to think. I've known you for a long time, and I think I knew that you had played for my dad. And I think we met. You were one of my coaches in the little league football league. Yeah, and that's kind of how we got to you know to know each other a little bit. But that's uh, you would you volunteer right out of high school, I think, and coached yeah. one of the coached one of the teams of the fifth and sixth graders. Yeah. I know I brought you, you called our games. You did PA announcing, right? I did PA announcing for your games. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I probably met you at that some point there, but I yeah, truly remember yeah. meaning you to be a coach for that league. Cause I was like, ah, yeah, that's what I want to do. I wish, I wish my career would have led me more into more coaching. Uh, <laughs> my dad was a teacher and he talked me out of becoming a teacher. But I was like, I'd worked at summer camps, like coach football. I was like, but I went into, you know, not IT necessarily, but so, technology. So let me ask you this. Yeah. Do you remember what, what the name of your football team was? Oh, my God. In the Laramie Youth Football. I think we were yellow. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> it was a think couple. Yeah, I thought I coached with, on that, in that league. Was it you and was it you and Mater that coached that team? No. Um was it? Was oh, Carlos. Jamie, at first, I think I had a hodgepodge of assistants. And then Jamie Oman coached with me once he had graduated. Right, right. Okay. Um, I think I had Ray White, which was a friend of mine. He was a better basketball coach, but he was a good coach. So I had him doing other drills with me because it helped to have two coaches kind of <laughs> run a team to pay attention to the guys that aren't directly involved in the yeah. actual drill or whatnot. And yeah, I don't remember. Probably Wolverines or something crazy. Wolverines. You might've been the Wolverines. Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. It was a, cause that went over into the basketball league I coached in and we were the Wolverines there. The Wolverines. And I, I had, my team was the big guns, big guns. 
<laughs> so, and you kept on with it though for a while. You kept, uh, you kept on. I was there a couple of years. Yeah. And then my job in video got like they needed me on Saturdays to shoot yeah. football games more than I could yeah. coach. Oh, I wish I could still coach to the day. It was except for you can't grab a face mask in practice anymore. So yeah, what's the point? Know, we're, we're, we're dinosaurs. Yeah, <laughs> we're dinosaurs. I was like, what's the point? When someone told me that, I was like, I don't want to coach because they always, I'm sure they kick it to you every once in a while. You need to come back and coach Laramie High football and show them how it really is. And I was like, I don't think they would like me. I think they would quit the team. And I'm a, I would probably be a nice coach compared to what I've seen. <laughs> well, you know, as, uh, as, a, as a parent that has two kids in athletics right now, uh, I let the, I let the coaches handle it and I don't want to be, uh, <laughs> I just, you know, I'm not, I'm not that parent that goes out and tries to coach my kids teams and, you know, yeah. I'll chirp from the sidelines though. And I chirp under my breath. And I get that from my dad who always bitched about everything, yeah. the referees and the other coaches and stuff. But, <laughs> you know, I, one, one thing I don't think about is parents that go to practices. Oh. I'm just like, my mom was like, that's, my time you're yeah. you're being taken care of i'm not watching a practice i'll be at all your games just not going to practice and now my friends that have kids are like yeah i got to go to my kids practice i was like why why do you have to go to their practice don't yeah. go watch the games they'll love you for that but you don't need to be the extra chirpy person on the sideline there yeah exactly <laughs> well thank you for being on the show is, is yeah, fun. it was a pleasure. I appreciate the invite, Justin. This is a, a fun little thing you do, and I, I, I like seeing it. And I, uh, uh, you know, I, I listen to when when I, when I can. But keep it up, man. I want to thank Travis for being on the show. I learned a few more things about Travis his father, and his grandfather during this episode. I can't imagine signing up for the military at age 25. I was very set in my ways then, and I still had pretty fresh memories of football camp and staying in barracks and running at the crack of dawn. Ugh. It's also hard to fathom a tie, Travis's son, playing football for Cheyenne Central. On to the next episode. <laughs>